As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rich Hills Golf Show podcast, everybody. Episode 176. Correct. Can you tell my throat or my, my voice is a fraction husky? Yes. Because I had a an evening this weekend. You had several evenings this week. So we want to touch about that. <laughs> You're an might, animal. It might have been the greatest night of my life. Um, but apart from that, there was a bit of golf being played. We've dropped some banger videos recently we'd love to talk about. Yes. And it feels like... The golf world is getting ready for the biggest tournament in the world. It opens in July. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like this kind of husky voice. Um, yeah, Masters is around the corner. It is indeed. And also in the UK, the hour has gone forward. So we're now seeing daylight. Is that a little bit better? An extra hour, which it means a massive it makes a huge it? difference. Because what's nice now, we've got light in the morning. You wake up, it's sunny or it's light at least, which is great. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite sunny yet. Yeah, you get home from work. Want to go and do nine holes? You go and do nine holes. No one's stopping you. Nobody. The Masters is like you said, literally coming around the corner at the speed of light, and um, it feels like I like golf again. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does feel. I mean, it's always um, exciting when you've been through a hard, cold winter. Yeah. You know when hardly any golf being played. Yeah. Golf courses are terrible. Certainly here in the UK. Sorry to say that, but they are. Um, it's it's dark. It's now it's the light is starting to shine through. You don't sound excited. I get that you I are. Think, but I think a little bit of that is to do. I can't really, really sit here and and wholeheartedly say I've been through the deepest darks of winter when, when I've been, been swanning, swanning off here, there, and everywhere. That's very true. So I think part of me is like I'm kind of saying it's part of the audience, but also sat there thinking. Rick, you cannot say it's that. It's irrelevant to you what time of the year it is. You've been playing Sawgrass, yeah. Isleworth, um But even just medalist. the generic vibe, though, being out and about and being at home and the extra hour of light, it Big gives the difference. option that if you want to go and practice your short game at night, you can. You won't, but you could. I could. <laughs> I could if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah, so very good um, match play event this weekend. I, yeah, I watched bits of it. I was, I'll be honest, I was really, 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 that's three reallys, hoping it would beat Scotty Scheffler versus Rory in the final. And it wasn't. It was Sam Burns and Cameron Young. And obviously Sam Burns went on to win. Two great players um, in their own right. Obviously, we was just saying then offer. Sam Burns won five times on yeah. tour now in three, in two years, which is insane. Big time player. Cameron Young is yet to win, I believe. He first came on my radar at the Open. He did. When he was bombing it. Yeah, and he, he came made close. Eagle on the last to come second, yeah. just pipping Rory. But but kind of on that, a great event. Uh, it, it just And also, lastly, kind of on that as well, a lot of people did seem to be enjoying the match play format. Um, but it won't I'm, be here anymore. Isn't it? Isn't all the WGCs are going now? Yeah, I must admit, genuinely, I love match play as a format. I found it more of a challenging watch this weekend. In a sense of... I, it's just a bit more confusing. 
you know, with the brackets. I think in American sports, they have much more kind of knockout. It's more like the World Cup in football, isn't it? I suppose yeah. we have like you could still you wouldn't have to win your you could lose a game in group stages, then go on to win the World Cup in theory. Yeah. Well, you can even in theory. Um, but it yeah, just, it just felt a little bit. I, I really do love. Um, I love uh, match play. I love that event. That that golf course in Austin just seems mm, incredible. Class. One that I'd really love to play. Doesn't seem like Texas. Um, obviously, Texas is a big place, though. I mean, some of the biggest names in the world of golf were there. A lot of them were, were trending in the right direction with their games. Mm. You know, when you when you throw in the mix like a, a Rory playing how good he's playing, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, you're seeing players. Jason Day's back. J- Jason Day, Ricky Fowler. I mean, it's just it's it's really electrifying at the moment. Um, but you're right, last night I was kind of keeping my eye on it and I was kind of had a few bits going on at the moment, so I wasn't watching it intently. But you're right, if Rory and Scheffler would have been in the final, I'd have been glued to it. I put a thing on Twitter about that and the amount of people that agreed with me, I thought people would be like, oh, no, it doesn't matter who's in the final, it's still the final. But yeah, it felt like the consensus was people were rooting for it to be in a, a Rory and Scottish Scheffler final. And it, it made me think a bit broader and almost about YouTube as well. That Like in that instance... The final is the final. Obviously, the, the winner takes all, so to speak. But people still want to watch people that either they root for or that they're interested in. It's a bit like with YouTube golf. Obviously, we, we see so many people watch the videos, and, and thankfully so, and other creators as well get loads of views. Lads at Good Good are killing it now, and, you know, borderline rivaling PGA Tour numbers to some degree. And they're not all, including yourself, the best golfers, obviously. Otherwise, you would be on the PGA Tour. But people want to watch you play golf. And it is interesting, isn't it, that we root for personality as opposed to ability. Personality is so important. Mm. It really is. I find that, you know, going back to these points, why why have I maybe not connected with Sam Burns as much as, as I'm starting to with Scotty Scheffler? Yeah. And I've actually, we've met Sam. I met, yeah. I met Sam at MasterCard last Open and interviewed him. Really nice guy. Really cool as anything. Um, but it's almost the way that the media kind of, put certain players on, on a slightly higher mantle. You know, yeah. certainly like PJ Tour and stuff. Like Scottish Scheffler is their pin-up boy right now, isn't yeah. he, really? As alongside with Rory. I think it comes from two things. If you've got massive personality, even with with good level of ability, you gain um, prominence. So, for example, I think Beef Johnson would be a great example. He's obviously a great, talented golfer. But he's kind of got his so much fame, if you like, from his personality. He's kind of, alter, not alter ego, but he's kind of... He's off-course kind of personality as well. And on the flip side, Scotty Scheffler has kind of got to where he is now off just absolute ability. He's won so much in such a short space of time that even though he doesn't necessarily... I've heard a few people say, oh, he's a bit boring, and I kind of could see that to some degree. He's quite a clean-cut guy. But when someone's so good, that really sparks my interest. And if Sam Burns went on to go and win the next five events in a row, I'm sure I'd feel the same about him and want to watch him. If he can fuse two together i.e. a Tiger Woods, you've got absolute dominance and a personality that's so unique and interesting. That's when you get these real superstars. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's really great to see kind of all these players in the mix at the moment. Rory, is really, his, tre- his game is trending. Yes. He's got a Scotty Cameron in the bag. He has. Which, to be honest, sparks even more rumours about this kind of tailor-made potential I'm not saying it is happening, but potential. And he did, he did, he cut down his driver. Was it about an inch or half? I believe an inch? so. I think I saw an inch, but it might have been half an inch. But this is something actually that's very interesting because when I was a club fitter for Nike many moons ago, which I've alluded to many times in the podcast, I know, but I would obviously fit average golfers for golf clubs. And most leading brands now, whether it be a TaylorMade or a Callaway, etc., they do make the drivers too long in length, I believe. And the reason they do that is because the longer the length of golf club, the faster you can swing it. And therefore, occasionally you'll catch one that goes miles. So that's why they make them longer. But you do see a trend, or you did see a trend, that tour pros would always go a bit shorter in length, and it kind of went a little bit more like some experiment longer, like Bryson, because he was trying to smash it. But if the club's shorter, typically, not all the time, but you will catch the middle of the club face more, which actually results in more ball speed and therefore more distance. And, and Rory was absolutely bombing it. He also made a really good point. It almost felt like he could swing it faster because it was shorter. Yeah. Like you, f- get you feel like, and, and you can sometimes get that with like a three wood or a five mm. wood, or sometimes even if it's like a, a um, not a kids club as such, but like a juniors club, feel you feel like you're swinging it really fast because it's it's in your control yeah. really. Um, but yeah, Scotty Cameron in the bag, look, he's looking very very good. Is he going to win the Masters? Yes. Is he going to win the Masters this year? Maybe. 
he'll win a Masters. He, well, he'll, he, uh, he'll win a Masters. I can't see my, my, my playing devil's advocate. He's not won a major for ten years. Correct, nine years. I, I, correct. So why? Why? Because he's going to win the Masters. No, he, I, I agree. Life, but almost life wouldn't be fair. Life's not fair. Well, it's it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> life's wrong. Um, I, yeah, I, I feel like his game is really trending. He's always putting himself in the right situations. It is the tournament. Do you want me to tell you why he, he might not win, win one? Because I, of the pressure? No, I, well, yeah, but I, I think Rory will win a Masters. Being honest, I do. I think, I can't imagine a future, like I said, in 10, 15, 20 years' time where he hasn't got a green jacket. He's just too good not to. However, the reason why he may not, partly he's had bad experience there before, which may potentially scar him. He's probably too good of an athlete for that to scar him, and he might overcome it. But as obvious as it sounds, if you say will he win another major, someone said guaranteed yes, because there's four a year. There's only one Masters per year, obviously. What is he now? He's a couple of years older than me. He'll be about 34 now. So he could, in theory, win a master till the age of 50 because that's what Phil Mickelson did recently with the PGA. Um, so he's might have, let's just say he's got 15 years left at the top level, maybe 10 conservatively. It's only one a year. So out of those 10, he's got to play well to win one, obviously. He's got to play better than everybody else in the field again, obviously. Out of that 10, there's going to be probably three or four where somebody just shoots the lights out and wins outright. Just even at a potential out, borderline outsider, that then takes me down to having six. If you start to narrow it down, it's not quite as simple as yeah, he's going to win one. The competition's always also getting stronger. Well, that's it. So when you actually look at the numbers of it and you think about it, I mean, it might be a bit silly to say he's got six masters realistically, but if you think of it kind of that way and roughly narrow it down, he's got to. It's and then within those, he's got to have four great rounds and. Makes you start to think. He's got nine. Would you, imagine if someone said to you when you won the Open in 2014, you will not win another major now the next nine years. Yeah. You wouldn't believe them. I suppose it's a little bit like back in the day, just just before Tiger was kind of hitting the scene, whoever the, the, the new hotshot was then. Let's let's say David DeVal for mm. argument's sake. And it's like, oh, David DeVal's definitely going to win a Masters. Like it's almost written on the in the stars. Little did he know Tiger Woods was around the corner well, and, and almost just blocked every opportunity. That's it. If that you look could at, happen with Rory. 100% the field. Now, this is actually probably the Masters. I am most looking forward to ever. Is a lot of that to do with the fact it's going to be PJ and Liv again? 100%. We've not seen the best players at a field for a while now. The Players' Championship was the most obvious one. There was no DJ. There was no Cameron Smith. We've not seen them since the Open last year. Well, that's what I mean. So to get them guys in a field with obviously the PJ Tours elite as well and have this tournament where, I mean, you could argue and, and people may disagree with this, but by introducing Liv and the PJ Tour, it's almost elevated the majors even more because it's mm. the four events where you are going to get all the guys together. Uh, there's so many... Ama- I mean, if I said to you now I've got a crystal ball and John Rahm wins the Masters, would you be surprised? No. If I said the same, Scotty Scheffler? No. Rory? No. You could keep going on for a few more, couldn't you? You could get to 10 guys who you honestly... Victor Hovland, you would, You could keep going on and on and on. Minwoo Lee. Exactly. And I, I could kind of see Minwoo Lee went out and won, I wouldn't be surprised. Exactly that. So he, shot so the, he shot the course record for the back nine or front nine. Front nine, I think it was, on a Sunday. Yeah. He just got his invite again, you know. I now saw that. Made up for him. I think it's going to... Honestly, yeah. It, it, but then you could say Dustin Johnson. Well, exactly. Cameron Smith. In, in, a, in, yeah, in, a, in a strange, bizarre way... Again, I've talked about this a couple of episodes ago. I've not been keeping my finger on the pulse quite so much with Liv. I actually don't know how these players are playing. No? Individually. Because a lot of it's now kind of gone towards that team element. I don't know how well Dustin Johnson's playing at the moment. I don't know how much grind and practice Brooks Koepka's putting in. And are those guys fueled with motivation because of all the comments, the bad-mouthing, the, you know, the, the disregard from... from the PGA Tour, etc. Are they going to come out all guns blazing just to prove a point? Potentially. Another name we've not mentioned there. Your friend of mine, Eldrick Tiger Woods. Carp out tea. I mean, in, in, I, I probably actually, would be surprised honestly, if he won it. I'm actually. I, oh my god, that's what I, I genuinely forgot he was even playing. And you know what? That's a good thing. Because that shows that golf is in a strong place. No, I feel bad. No, it does. No, because I feel terrible. 
Let me, no, let me ring him. No. Let me, let, let me ring him and tell him WhatsApp I'm sorry. him at least. I'll, I'll WhatsApp him first. Because normally when Tiger kind of does come back, it's all the focus on Tiger being back. And don't get me wrong, when the event starts, the week starts, there will be a lot of cameras on Tiger Woods, and rightly so, and I'm a massive advocate for that because I'm a huge fan. But the fact we've got all these other names in the field that are, I mean, there's always names in the Masters field that could win it. Clearly, it's the best players in the world. But this year in particular, I'm looking again now, Justin Thomas, again, you put into that list, uh, Jordan Spieth. There's so many names you're looking through the list who could genuinely, genuinely win it, and you would not be surprised. It's very, very exciting. I tell you what, I'm excited about though, guy. What? I'm not quite sure how I, for- I even forgot this. One. I've seen all of this action in the flesh. You will. I'm going to the Masters this year every single day that's too much that. every that's single day of it the par three tournament on the wednesday wow. every tournament day i am gonna be there watching taking no pictures or videos because there's no phones or <laughs> cameras allowed um but yeah i'm excited to be there on property last time i went was 2018 yeah when i was there on the sunday you're on tv it's on tv behind jordan speed when yep. he smashed it into the tree on the 18th to lose his chance of winning and Patrick Reed won. And I <laughs> I don't want to get sued. But I also feel like I I, I feel like a a different winner would be would be nice. Well, as we just said then, what an exciting year to be going. Um and I think the golf course is gonna look absolutely spectacular. Yeah. I mean I I think the golf course is gonna look the best it's ever looked. I would agree. There's been some huge changes. Mm-hmm. T on thirteen's got longer few other little tweaks i'm just excited to be there mm-hmm. excited to be around excited to see the golf course and kind of see what see what happens <laughs> can't say anything publicly but just you know just see what happens just if anything happens might be taking my clubs all right okay so the trip over there just you know just so i, I feel part of it yeah might be taking my golf shoes and a few golf balls and a few tees you might get around the golf wire over there, surely, if you're going away for a week. I think I'll probably get around the yeah. golfing, definitely. Well, I might play the Marriott while I'm here as well. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, I might get around the golfing. Yeah, cool. We'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Why have we going all weird, right? Why are you speaking weirdly? Just because uh, I just might get around the golfing when I'm there. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. While I'm there. Um, stay tuned. Um, yeah, so that was all very, very exciting last week. We dropped a banger video. We did. Uh, JCB, you and me. Yes. Smashing it up. Birdies galore. Yeah. Certainly back nine. Yeah. Played really well. Mm. Front nine, not so great. A lot of that was to do with you. But back nine, we <laughs> definitely played a lot better. We did. And it was a format we, we thought would be quite interesting and quite different. And thankfully, the audience enjoyed it. It's done well mm. on views. But it's had 550,000 views already, which is brilliant. And people watched it quite a long way throughout the video, which is good. We get to see a lot. Obviously, I'm sure you guys listening and watching are aware, but... When you have a YouTube channel, there's a lot of analytics behind that you can really dive into, and it helps us hopefully make better content that people are enjoying. But the videos are long in length now. That's one thing. I think this was an hour and six minutes, give or take. And if people were getting bored and turning off quite quickly, then we'd obviously make them shorter. But thankfully, lots and lots of people, the vast majority, are watching it all. But what's interesting, not all in one stint. So I went to the range yesterday, actually. Uh, my wife was meeting some friends at the Trafford Centre. So I was like, ideal. I go to the range and grind and grind. I did 80 balls, hitting it quite well. Oh. So, you know. Uh, and Matt, who works there, one of the Trafford lads, said, oh, I'm watching, been watching Break 65. Uh, and he was I don't tell him what happens because I've not finished it yet. And I was like, oh, that's what a lot of people, because it's now, again, over an hour long. People watch them in parts. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was a good video. Yeah, comments were really good. Um, I think it's a format we might experiment with moving forward. Well, we definitely are because this Friday, Break 75 oh, yeah. is back bigger. Better, stronger. Three, multiple players. Three players. You've got your Rick Shields's, standard. You've got your Guy Charnick's, somewhat standard. You've then got, drum roll please, two-time DP World Tour winner, Tom Lewis. Silver medal winner in the Open. 2011. Um, phenomenal. And I don't say this word lightly. You know me. I don't like to use adjectives. 
but phenomenal golfer. Yeah. Um, English lad, played a lot on European tour, moved over to PJ tour um, for a couple of seasons. Mm. Did at well the, as well. At the, the moment, place. he's in this kind of transitional period where he's trying to get back on, you know, the main tours, but he absolutely bombed it. He's driving. Oh, my God. He's, he's good friends with Joe Miller, who's a long drive, world long drive, a previous world long drive champion. And uh, you can tell Tom Lewis shifts the golf club fast. Well, yeah, the, we won't give too many, well, we won't give any real spoilers away. Um, but when we play with these guys or you play with them and I walk around or whatever, I often leave thinking, why isn't said person winning every week on tour? Because they're so good. And I left again thinking the exact same about Tom. Um, as I said, he's had a great career. Um, he had a second place at the WGC uh, FedEx St. Jude Invitational in 2020. Um, I mean, if you come in second place on the PJ Tour, you're a good golfer, obviously. But to see these guys in real life, it's just insane. And one little small spoiler I want to put in for context, so this honestly was the, one of the takeaways of, of, of the day for me, was hole 10, par 5, downwind. You hit a good one, but a bit right. Yeah, I didn't catch it. Didn't quite catch it. <laughs> I abs- I'll be honest now, I absolutely nailed it. As, as good as I can hit a driver... And it went down the middle and it was, again, what I would consider as long and a little bit past yours. But again, you didn't quite catch yours genuinely. So it was like, you would say, oh, it's a good drive. Great, whatever. Tom stands up and whacks one. And I jokingly, as he hits it, I went, oh, don't carry mine. Thinking, it won't carry it, but it'll carry around and then it'll run on miles. It carried it by a mile. I think it was still going up in the air. Literally. As it went past yours and my ball. Well, that was it. So then when we got down to, to my ball, then obviously his was far ahead. This wasn't an ego thing. It was genuinely wanted to put context into video to show how far these guys hit it. We measured the flag from my ball and then worked out from, obviously, the T length how far mine had gone. Mine had gone 311 yards, which for me sounds about right. Win behind and I nailed it. That's how far it went. Might get that one in 20 drives. His was like 350. Obscene. Honestly, in the flight. So, yeah, that, that was class. So it was me and Guy. We play Scramble versus Tom Lewis stroke play not match play stroke play the reason we went stroke play is we know we've got an error in us and we definitely want you to watch all 18 holes yes. so <laughs> so yeah that that was pretty epic that's coming up i'll tell you what also came out last week that got incredible reception and um, i was a guest on someone's podcast guys yes, last week you were and it's gone down and done really well so in december i got invited over to america i think did we talk about this on the podcast last so. time well, Sir Nick Faldo has set up a podcast and he had me as a guest. I was on episode number two, um, straight after episode number one, obviously, which was Jack Nicholas. <laughs> so, yeah, little old me, uh, episode number two. But the comments have been great. Um, I'll tell you what's interesting about it. He talks about my finger in it. Yeah, your bent finger. And uh, I've had some loads of messages about it. it. Apparently, I need to get it sorted. Yeah. Apparently, it's like some sort of trauma. Wow. Yeah, so I need to... Is that always from holding your phone so much? <laughs> it's just bent, you've adapted. My little finger on my right hand is just, is flexed. It's perfect for interlocking grip, luckily for me, because I couldn't do it any other way. Um, but yeah, your right hand? That. Right hand. Oh, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was good. Loads of great comments on that. Um, and then there's also another video going to be coming out with uh, Sir Nick Faldo on his channel where we actually go and play golf. So stay tuned for that. Also, I wonder if when he won his last green jacket in 1996, I believe it was, he thought one day I'll be sitting down with a young Rick Shields talking about golf on YouTube. It's a bit mad, really. Mm. It is a bit mad. What will you be doing in 26 years' time? Who will you be sitting down interviewing? God. A new guy does virtual holograms. It will be, won't it? So, uh, Mikey, how how did you get into creating NFT golf swings? Hey, hey. Zexio. <laughs> Zexio, the golf brand. Like, well, whatever. Like, G- yeah. G- they'll be like, hey, GTFT. <laughs> How did you become the biggest golf? Oh, will, it, will it even be called golf? No. Who knows? What What is the future of golf going to look like? Um, Longer hitters. Well, even is if, it? E- well, they're going to roll back the ball, but people find ways around it. They'll get bigger, they'll get stronger, they'll get faster, yeah. they'll get leaner. We didn't talk about the ball rolling back thing because it kind of felt a bit dated when we started to do the podcast. And to be honest, I still don't quite get oh, it. Yeah, you know. I don't understand it. I don't know why they're doing it. Um, it, it seems, 
I, d- I don't agree with it one tiny bit. I really hope it doesn't happen. I've we were where were we when it got announced? We were actually out filming, I think, with Tom Lewis. I think, or was it when we were out that week? Yeah, and it came out in the evening, and because we were so busy, I didn't really get a chance to read up on it very much. And I still haven't. I've I've looked at bits, but I don't feel like I've educated myself enough to discuss it properly. So maybe in a coming podcast we will do. But I think in in the answer, the RNA are thinking that golf is hitting the ball longer and longer and longer. And that means that when they're developing new golf courses, they naturally have to be made longer and longer and longer, which takes up more land, which means more water, uh, more, more, more maintenance, exactly. Uh, and the courses that are short or that just can't be lengthened are going to get walked all over and just destroyed. Um, so I, c- I can kind of s- some degree understand it, but I suppose my argument would be that like when you had the Open this year at St Andrews, and obviously it was playing fast and it was playing short, really, because how far those guys hit it, the best player still wins. Mm. And you still have to hold putts to win. So the guy that hits it longer, Bryson, for example, he didn't didn't win it. Um, I mean, obviously, Cameron Smith does give it a good tonk as well. So a lot, but they're all long, aren't they? Really? Yes, they are. Um, so I, yeah, I'm not not fully sure about it. And, and we've had this discussion before, um, obviously off camera. One of the great things with golf, which you've said many a times, is the fact that you can play the same golf courses as these legends in most situations with I, the same clubs and ball. I love the fact we can do that in golf. Like, there's no other sport. Um, you, you cannot go and jump in an F1 car and drive around Silverstone. You cannot go and get a, a the, well, you can probably get the right tennis racket and tennis ball, but probably tennis actually is the only. I've got the, one. Is the close darts. No. Yeah, but you could run the same London Marathon as Mo Farah. Well, that's <laughs> soon, soon, soon to Rick Shears going to the same trainers and do the roughly the same time. Half as, half as fast. I, um, he's at two hours and ten minutes, is it roughly something like that for those guys? Yeah. So if you if you did listen to last week's podcast, hopefully you did. If you're in the clubhouse, you definitely did. I am running the London Marathon, 23rd yeah. of April. I'm in. I'm committed. I put a link in the description below for the charity. Thank you, because it's the only place we've actually announced uh, the, doing the London Marathon. We've had nearly two and a half thousand pounds donated wow. already. So thank you for list for donating. Uh, it's to a great charity called It's Never You that supports uh, parents of children with cancer. So if you can donate, it would be really appreciated. I'll put the link down below. Uh, training. Um, how can I describe it? I- I've practiced my chipping as much as I've trained for the London Marathon. Okay. So every night, 5K, 10K, 50, working up. Every every night. <laughs> Honestly, mate, I'm worried about it. Really? Yeah, I've done nothing. I've done absolutely but nothing. Are you at the point now where you feel like it's pointless doing anything because it's too well, close? That, what am I going to do? I'm, go, I'm going away with my wife this week for our 10-year wedding anniversary. Congrats. Thanks. I'm then going straight to America. I'm coming back. I've got a really busy week when I get back, and I'm running the London Marathon. So where do I train? I think that I think there is time of it, not much. Like, you could have got this one dead early. But to be fair, it's the fact that you're getting so close to it now. What... Is it going to make much... I don't know if it would make much difference or not. I think my goal... This is my goal going into it. Run 10K, yeah. which I can do. Walk 10K. Run 10K. Walk 10K. So that's run, walk, run, walk. That's 40K. That's the marathon. Yeah. I think you I can You might that. not walk the full 10K walks. I mean, I've not even got my golf clubs on my back. What's wrong with me? I think you should have them on your back. Then you've got that excuse. <laughs> <laughs> What's the time goal then with that in mind? It originally was four hours. Now it's anything under six. Okay. I think that's fine. Yeah. An hour to run it for 10K, two hours to walk it. That's three hours. Yeah, six hours. Yeah. Try and do it under six. I think you should, yeah, you should do that. I can do it under six. Piece of cake. Mm-hmm. How hard can it be? <laughs> on the marathon, right? How hard can it be? Um, also, just a quick one on, um, just to update the audience, we had some very... Very exciting chats and meetings about... Oh, yes. Working title. Oh, this is not set in stone. The YouTube Masters. Yes. We had some great chats. The ball, regardless of being rolled back or not... <laughs> it's rolling forward. Our, our ball, YouTube Masters, is rolling forward. Yeah. And it's rolling forward at a fast pace. So we won't say where. Oh, no. Um, not yet, no. The only no. thing is I've got an email around that alludes to where you were this week, but that may or may not have been where they think he was at. How did they know I was there? Because he took a picture with you. All oh, right. Uh, I won't say what it was then. I'll just say in yeah. the email what it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, UK based. UK based. Good chats. We've we've started to draft out the format. Multiple days, crowds, lots of creators. We want to 
make the most watched online golf tournament ever. Yeah. Which it only has to beat the 2019 YouTube Golf Day. What about... Oh, right, okay. So that's the one that's... I didn't know what your definition was then. I was going to say 1997 Masters might have something to say about that. Nah. It's just YouTube. It's just YouTubers. Online creators. And what's, would you like to get someone like a Bryson there who technically is a YouTube golfer? Why not? Invite, invite him now on that lens. Well, I'm... I'm actually, I've got a unique way of, inv- I think, I don't think I need to invite. Go on. I've got a unique way of doing it. I don't want to say it just yet. All right. But I think I, fan, fans, I'll say it. I think we're going to get to a point where I want fans to vote who gets the invites. Imagine this one backfires like when that Boaty McBoatface, that, that, <laughs> that boat got named Boaty McBoatface. Don't give everyone ideas. <laughs> but almost have like some sort of submission. Yeah. We'll see. We'll work it out. But yeah, really exciting with news with that. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I think um, people, it's exciting jokes aside just about the future and like where things will be, but where will kind of golf YouTube be in five years time, Mad. 10 years time? Like will those personalities literally be as big as PJ Tour stars? I mean, you could argue there's a couple of people that are, or well, you know, to, to a degree. Um, who knows? Thanks. I'm excited. Was I one of them or no? No. GM Golf. Right. Thanks. Bob the Sports. Great. And Rick Shields. Um, so we've had some good questions on Facebook. Um, as always, you can rely on good old Facebook, can't you? Facebook will be there in 10 years, just churning away, won't it? Uh, it will. Will it? You don't have to delete Facebook. People like to slag off Facebook, but they understand. It's always there. I think Facebook will do what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter. And go. So I got a, I got a prompt the other day about I'm, lo- I'm going to be losing my blue tick on Twitter. <laughs> oh gosh. Third world problems. That's because you got to pay for it. Yeah. So I paid for it, obviously. Have you got Twitter Blue now? No, I've not really yet. I'm not, I don't know what to do yet. I might not do it. Is it yeah, but because if that's the case, I think uh, Instagram's doing the same. Well, that's what I'm saying. It'd be cool to not have a tick. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. But what I'm trying to say is, it, I don't think it'll be long before then Twitter goes, hmm, we had these guys paying for Twitter Blue. Mm. We now need to pay, pay, I think they should pay to tweet. Wow. And then it's like, I think you should pay to be signed up. And I think you'd lose a lot of people. I think that's what happened with Facebook. I can't, yeah, I'm not sure. I think they make enough through ads. But who knows? It's a, it's a crazy world we live in. <laughs> we won't pay people to watch videos. Pay them to like the videos. Nice. Pay to comment on videos. Nice. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> um, so the Facebook group, as we, we say... Um, there's, there's like a hierarchy of, um, of commitment to this podcast. You can be an occasional listener, and that's fine. We, we or viewer, we respect you. We, we thank you for, for that. We'll tip our hat to you. A nice, friendly nod. Kind of like that guy or girl. He kind of lives in the same village as you or whatever. You might kind of half recognise, or you might go to school with their brother or their sister, but you don't know them really, but you walk past and give them a kind of polite nod. Absolutely no, uh, don't, not, no differences there, no, nothing <laughs> right. to be settled. <laughs> like, I feel like you... What, is so, there somebody you see every week that you're trying to talk to here? Yes. <laughs> is there someone you see at the drive range? You're like, there's definitely no beef here. No, I'm probably I, sure. Have a sound face. Like, oh, hi, mate. I, I think then a, if you are... A listener of the podcast, and you certainly watch on YouTube. Yeah, you, you're starting to become friends now. Yes, like, we know your names. Yeah. When we see you, it's a sh- it's a handshake, and it's a good to see you again because you, even though you know each other's names, you're not fully sure. Yeah, or you might have been mutual friends on a stag do. Yeah, six years ago, went to Prague. You then <laughs> friends on Facebook. Yeah, then if you're a subscriber, well. Come on, yeah. You're basically family, yeah. You know when you, you know when you're in a group of people, right? Mm-hmm. And there's all different mixtures of relationships in that group of people. And you, and you, the first go, ah, oh, good to see you, pal. You're right. Yeah. You're thinking, oh, I'm not quite. Next person, oh, hi, pal. Little fist, fist pump. pump. Next person, it's like, mate, it's a massive high five. It, it's like the, it's like the the upwards one. Yeah. Do you okay. know what I mean? It's a, it's a big hugging. Good yeah. to see you, pal. And then the last guy, it's like a, it's almost no words. Snog. If it's, <laughs> It's like a no word, like arm out, like, and you both just look at each other, like, yeah, and no words need to be spoken. There's nothing, and it's just a big hug, and it's just a good to and see. Is that yeah. the clubhouse people? Yeah, that, that's what they're getting to. So if you're in the clubhouse and you listen to every single episode of the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, that's what you're getting—a hug off Rick with no words. A hug, 
No words. Um, no tongs. On a Friday, a bit of tongs. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you are in the clubhouse and you're in the Facebook group, you can expect the no um, dialogue hall Okay. Imagine that. The Open this year's one's bladded. Big Kev from Aintree. Hello. Nick! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No words is there. You know what? I'd quite like it. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah. So if someone hugged you at the Open this year, that's no, okay. No, 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 You'd no, no, like no, it, no, 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 no. It depends what state I'm in. If you were bladded, you'd absolutely love it. Post midnight. Yeah. Hugs glow. Big hugs. Before that, handshakes. Or little over the top. What, what do you call them? Uh, I'd kind of say like a gangster handshake. Is, gangster. That, is, that, <laughs> is that like the like derogatory to gangsters? <laughs> How many gangsters do you know? Do you get what I mean by yeah, that? Yeah, like... Uh, What's it called? Well, I think that's the new modern handshake. I think the old traditional handshake, which I still am a fan of, that's almost died out a little bit to become a bit more of this kind of upwards, like... Like, football's after the national anthem yeah. and they walk past each other. It's, it's much awkward, more of it? that sidewards vibe now, isn't it? You know what? Genuinely, it was one of my biggest fears when COVID kicked in. What to do up going back into No, that handshakes were going to disappear. <laughs> so, let's set the scene now. <laughs> it's March 2020. COVID hits. We don't know what's going on. We're in isolation. We can't move. We can't go to the shops. <laughs> Richard sat we're at home. Masked. Richard sat at home. Is thinking, I've got a YouTube channel. It may or may not survive. <laughs> and we're not this illness. I've got three young kids. But you know what my biggest worry is? What's going to happen to handshakes? <laughs> <laughs> I hope they don't die out. I was honestly like, I, re- I love a handshake. Fist pump stayed around though. Fist pumps have done well. You know, I'm glad they didn't stay around. The foot tap. The foot tap? Yeah. yeah remember the no. foot tap? Are you insane? Matt, you remember the foot tap? Oh, it's yeah, it's an elbow. No, they used to do foot at first. Never... <laughs> it was. Are you okay? Matt, you touched foots together. No. <laughs> I've never ever touched your foot. That might have just been a... That That's might have just been an excuse my wife gave me. <laughs> she didn't want to do it. <laughs> it's a Friday night, love. It's a foot tap. <laughs> Sunday morning foot taps. Wow. Why does that talk the Facebook group? Oh, it's going to chaos. Anyway. Anyway, so on the back of that, um, that's foot taps, the weirdest thing you've ever said, by the way. Um, but anyway, it's fine. Lee Smith has said... And by the way, I said foot tap. Foot yeah. tap, not um, anything else. Tap. Lee Smith wants to know, and it's not at you, so don't take offence by this. It's a good question. Why do even scratch golfers duff so many chips, but tour pros hardly any? I know it's practice like and it talent, but the ratios seem way off. I've got an idea behind this, but I'll let you have your say as well. I don't know. What's he say? What? So basically saying, why do scratch golfers, he probably means really good golfers, still duff chips, etc., whereas tour pros hardly ever happens? So the, the difference between a scratch golfer and a tour pro is probably eight shots. Yeah. Like think about as think about a scratch golfer is is off yep zero handicap. Tour pros are off like plus eight, mm. eight shots better than a, than a scratch handicap. There's a difference between a scratch and eight, if not more. Yeah, but but also, and this is something I feel like I discussed this this weekend with somebody else. Oh, in fact, no, I tell you what, I saw this. It's a great point. So Nick Doherty was on Sky as he always is this weekend, and he was had a Zen putting green, which are very good, and we'll talk about those in a bit more. They have to come in soon, I guess. Definitely. And he had a 10-foot putt. And he said, which is a stat that I'd heard recently as well, that tour pros, on average, only holds from like 3.7 out of 10 10-foot putts. So four out of 10 10-foot putts. And amateur golfers, me included, have a 10-foot for birdie and almost expect to hold it. Well, even tour pros are four out of 10, right? But what he then went on to say is the reason people have this perception that tour pros hold almost 10 out of 10 is when you're watching golf on a weekend, you're watching the best players in the world and not only that, you're watching the ones that are playing the very best on the planet, which is why they're in contention. So if you're watching Jordan Spieth win a tournament or come top five, he probably is holding everything inside 10 foot because he's playing so well. And the same with this comment, tour pros admittedly don't hit as many bad chips as scratch handicapper. The reason you just alluded to, they're eight shots around worse, better, should I say. But tour pros do hit terrible golf I, I've shots. Hit, I've seen tour pros hit bad golf yeah, shots. Horrendous golf shots. Now, you very, very rarely see them because when you're watching... Um, the Open, let's just use an example, and you focus on your Rory's and whoever who are in contention. There's also a guy who's tied 101st, who shoots whatever he shoots, who fats one, thins one, shanks one out of bounds. That happens. But we even alluded to it last week, that, that tee shot Jordan Spieth hit on 16th yeah. at the Valspar. Yeah. That was a horrendous yeah. three-wood off the tee. Yeah. Horrendous, block. massive, blocky, slicey thing that even a 20 handicapper would hit. His recovery after that was spectacular. Yeah. 
Uh, so the tour pros definitely do hit bad shots. I still think as well, and I understand this, but a lot of golfers um, don't understand like handicaps and ability. So what I mean is, if you're a scratch handicapper, and I'm not, I'm speaking a bit more on the old handicap system, but I think it still rings true. That means that you shoot level par on a good day. It's not every week, and a little bit. This was a personal thing to me, but it was, it was, it was fine. But in the video, it's just gone live. It was at JCB. Somebody in the group commented saying, "How's Guy for handicapper when he's trying to break eighty when he plays with Rick sometimes?" It's like, well, to break eighty is seven over par, obviously. It's not a million miles off a four handicap, but. I don't play great every time I play golf. And also on that, you know, we are going playing different golf courses off the, off the back tees that are tough. There's obviously the pressure of the camera. So it's like you don't always play to your handicap. So if someone's off a 10 handicap, it might be quite rare that they actually 82. They do do it occasionally. Yeah, of but it's the same with tour pros. They don't always play this well week in, week out. But the ones that we see doing that are the best, best, best in the world. 100%. I, I, and that, yeah, you've you've... I like that perfectly well. Jamie Farnsworth asks you, Rick, where would you do a reverse ten shot challenge with a member at a local club or a subscriber, etc.? I definitely think there's a reverse ten shot challenge to be had. Mm-hmm. With whom we shall see. Because I, I think they could be definitely leverage if, let's say, talking to a few high profiled celebrities. Yeah who have a handicap of 10 or above. Yes. I think that that could be a real way of bringing that in. No, I agree. Um, this is one for me, and I'm going to hold my hands up to this one, so I, will hold, I won't hold them up for the whole question, but they're held up right now. It's from Chris Ramsey. He said, where are all the podcast guests, Guy? Seems like ages since I've had one on the pod. Now, fair point, and that's just why I've addressed it. There has been a little bit of slacking on my behalf on the podcast guests. We've had some... Um, fantastic ones and when I say fantastic ones I don't even mean your Ricky Fowles and Tommy Fleetwoods because they kind of feel like ones that we get a little bit more sporadically and it's when you've done like a 10 shot challenge with them that we then obviously get time with them but we haven't really had many guests on of any kind of note as of late and that's something that we actually had a chat with this off podcast that I want to start doing a bit more again it's kind of been a bit of a time thing to some degree it's not that just it's not a time in a sense of reaching out to people but we have a set day we record the podcast, which is obviously a Monday, and it releases on a Tuesday. And then the rest of the week, we are obviously um, filming other things. It's kind of got into a bit of a routine of, thankfully, the podcast doing great numbers on audio and on video. We've kind of got a format that works. So I don't want to say I've kind of been lazy, but it's kind of been a case of we'll have to reach out to people, which is fine, make sure they can do Monday so we don't really want to move our recording day. And it's been a bit of an afterthought, but it's something that I want to address. So we will, I can commit to this, after the Masters and kind of getting into the summer, we'll get some more guests on. I think, I think a nice to. little guest every month. Yeah, I agree. Like a guest episode each month. Or even nice. put them out on a Friday or something. I do think we need to get some more on. So that's something that we've noted and we will do. Well, just off camera here, we've got all Polaroids of some of the guests we've had on. We've had some incredible really guests. Have. Like Adam Scott, Tommy Fleetwood, Sir Nick Faldo... Uh, Martin Borgmeyer, Zane Scotland, Lee Westwood, Sophie Walker, um, George Bryant, I uh, can't see who those ones are there, GM Golf, Will Davidson, Robin Heisman, Richard Hammond. Yeah. <laughs> like the list is phenomenal. Brad Faxon, Claude Harvman. So like we have we have had phenomenal guests, but yeah, we'll probably look at how we how we talk. We did have a little brief chat with um on Instagram with Joel Darman. Yes, didn't we? So um so we, we yeah we want to the other one we want to try and do if we can make it as sound as perfect and have visuals as perfect you do remote ones yeah they're not the best in the world because there's that bit of awkward you know what it's like on Zoom there's that bit of delay um, but if we can get it where we've done you know really good podcast episodes I've even think I've even think we've had like Minwoo Lee on yeah uh, we've had um, David Cannon on yeah we have had some incredible I think guests. as well this this shouldn't this shouldn't matter but it, I'll be honest it kind of sometimes does is that it's quite... With the guest episodes, I love them because not only do we get to spend time with someone really interesting and we hear their story, which we actually both really enjoy, they're also ones that people do remember. Yeah. Because people might not remember us talking rubbish in six months on a set episode, because why would they? But someone like a David Cannon, you really do remember the story. The only downside sometimes to guest episodes is they, they don't always do quite as well on like views as, as, as sometimes other ones do. It's a bit more unpredictable, I guess. So... Maybe need to park that and not worry too much about that and just will get them on and if whatever they do, they do because 
that's the problem sometimes with with like YouTube, and we we know this. We talk this a lot. Is that sometimes you make a video that gets amazing comments and people really love it, but it doesn't get loads of views. Whereas other content gets loads of views, we don't feel as proud of it. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it's just that balance of. Yeah, of, I won't be too worried about that. Let, we'll we'll look at we'll look at. I think one a month would be a nice yeah. nice time frame. <clears throat> Last question from Facebook: Jack Leonard has said, "If Rick was on the PJ tour, so imagine <laughs> it." Okay. Take yourself there on the PJ yeah. tour. Crapping myself. Uh, would you be a Ricky Shields or a Rick Still Rick? Or Richard Shields the third? I've never known a Rick to be a tour pro. Bet there is one, but I can't think either. I'm trying to think of the obvious ones, but... Has there ever been a guy? Have to have a look we'll be in five years and I sort my game out. <laughs> um, so he said, if Rick was on the PJ tour... What would his signature look be? I.e., Ricky Fowler wearing orange and Tiger wearing the Sunday red. What would your go to go to look be on the PJ uh, tour? A black gilet. A black, a black gilet. Yeah. <laughs> black uh, black trousers. I'd never wear shorts, even if it was an option. I was a tour pro. You're not. Yeah. You're not a shorts. Um. Guy. Not floral or pattern shirts. Quite kind of block color. Um. I'd, I'd want a bit of an edge. What could be my edge? Cigar. Like I don't. I don't have a caddy. <laughs> I carry my own bag. You got a motor caddy. Yeah. Um, no, you have to have a caddy. So what else could it be? What, how would you stand out from the crowd? The beard's a bit different. Beard is a bit different. Um, Play, what about wearing AirPod at all times? I know. Every <laughs> I've got it. Go it's so easy. Before every shot, I explain it to the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like to the camera, come here, cameraman. Right, so this is what it is. I've got 160 yards left of the flag. I know I've, I'm three shot in, in the lead. Um, I'm chasing down, or John Speed's chasing me down, but he's just dunked in the water, so he's got no chance. You'd be, that's what you actually would do. You'd be terrible at playing in the moment. You'd be looking at the scoreboard all the time. <laughs> so I'd be like, right, here we go. Eight iron, I fancy this. Yeah, like this. Wind's just split off the left and hit it. Yeah. Zoom, zoom in, zoom in. <laughs> I can imagine that. That's what I'd do. I'd, I'd be the. You wouldn't need commentators. That'd be my little niche. I've got a couple of emails as well for you. Um, that are quite cool. So this one is from a guy called Richard Robinson. Okay. Nice name. And he says, uh, "Hi, Rick Robinson. Rick Great Robin. name. Yeah, Rick Robbo." And he says, "Just a quick email to say how bloody sound you are." This feels like a a, a fake name between me and James Robinson. Yeah, it does. You put your, yeah, it does. <laughs> put the names together. Um, just a quick note to how bloody sound you are. I've just come back from X where I saw you guys. Being big fans of the podcast and the YouTube channel, I couldn't miss the opportunity to ask Rick for a selfie. I also knew my daughter would love it too. You didn't have to say yes, but you did. <laughs> Rick's a pretty famous bloke now, but he's obviously staying very grounded for a play. My daughter loves playing golf and she's pretty good. If you ever wanted your girls to play a few holes with her, I'm sure she'd be loved, loved to and be a great role model. And I know she loved playing golf with the older kids when she was picking it up. She's 12 and we live in York. Thought you might like her response when I WhatsApp a selfie of her. Um, so I've screenshotted the reply. So as lovely as that message was, it was more the actual screenshot that made me want to read this email out. So bearing in mind, it's a 12-year-old daughter. You wouldn't think that's necessarily our demographic. So he's, he's texted his daughter, who is called Betsy, by the looks of things, and it's a picture of you and the guy, and <laughs> he's not put any, he's not put any context, we just sent the picture in, at, um, 24 minutes past seven, so thankfully you weren't too sore, I wouldn't imagine at this point. No. Uh, she's put, two minutes later, she a- replied. A.M. <laughs> she's replied, what? You met Rick Shields? Shields felt incorrectly, but it's we'll fine. let her off for this once. You, she then, start again. He then replied like a smiley emoji. She's then replied one, two, three, four, five, six texts in a row. How come? That's not fair. Was he filming a video? He's so much taller than you. Laughing face. When did you meet him? And finally, she's put reply. So I'll let you see that. Yeah, she's in action. It's quite funny. So we'll put that in the. Um, we'll maybe blur out a WhatsApp picture, Matt. But we'll put that in um, to the to the. Um, Video versions. If you want I'm to see much I was actually crouching down a bit there as well. That, You're tall in real life. A lot of people say I'll, that, don't they? It's un, the, the the taller and genuinely that people won't <laughs> say. Oh, you're taller. I'm actually quite a lot slimmer. I'm really? Like, That's yeah, nice. thanks. But, the thing is, um, I genuinely don't know of a of a point I'll ever say no. In fact, I did say no, didn't I? When I got whacked in the head by by, by, by Jude, and I said no to that fan. But apart from that. I've never said no to a picture. No. The, the only, as long as you've just asked nicely. Yeah. 
long as you don't get Rico at the bloody open who was smashed yeah. out of his face and being an idiot. But, you know, if, if you stop me at a golf club, ask for a picture, of course I'm going to say yes. And, uh, you know, um, and it's since as well, since you've got a little portable um, Apple Pay machine where people have to pay the £5 straight away, it's really helped, hasn't it? Because the amount of money we're making from that, it's brilliant. <laughs> no, picture it. Yeah, that's £5. There's Apple Pay ready. <laughs> Done. It's, it's seamless, isn't it? Seamless. Um, I've got another one if you want it. Go on then. Oh, you, you, wanna, you felt you was a bit of an inhaler well, I'm, I'm just going to deliver something. I want to I wanna put this on in a minute. What is See it? if this works. I don't know if this works. I don't think it's going to work. What? Forget it, forget it, forget it. Oh, I bought, I bought, I bought. I listened to it first. Go on. I can hear it still. I can hear you still. No, not now. But I don't know how long to talk. What are you doing? Go ask the next question. But I can't while you're doing that. Go I on, can't. You can ask the next question. It's a long one, and it's a serious one as well, so. All right, okay. What is it? Right, okay. <laughs> I'm really interested. So this one, uh, I won't give the person's name on this just because I don't know if it's, if it's necessary or not, but it says, hi, Guy and Rick, old school, like that. I was wondering if you could help uh, with some advice. A small bit of background to why. I have a son that suffers severe anxiety and depression, and golf seems to be a good way to help easing his symptoms. He enjoys the challenge that it brings. What he doesn't like is the pressure for people watching and first tee nerves. My solution is uh, we're about to move house in the next few weeks, and I was going to make a few things for him to practice on. I'm quite handy with building and physical work, but struggle with tech. I'm going to make an astro putting green in the garden and possibly a simulator in a net in the garage. I can build the net, etc. But can you help with any advice on what else I would need for a simulator, i.e. a launch monitor, a computer, a projector? I'll have to watch what I'm spending, so if you could please help with a list of things I need to buy so I don't get ripped off by a good salesman. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Well, first off, what a great sport for <clears throat> his son to be into with kind of like... 100%. You know, it's, it's nice that he's getting out there. First T nerves, nerves people watching. I don't know if it ever really subsides for anybody. I'm sure everyone listening and watching knows what that first T nerves feels like. Obviously, it's about managing um, your emotions and trying to control it. And there's definitely ways of doing that. Pre-shot routines, etc. definitely help you. Um, With regards to a home simulator, it's hard. I'm probably not the best person in the world to to, um, speak to. But I think the cheapest way is yes a net you need a mat i would then i think that when you start to get into projecting the image on the screen it becomes much more costly right because you've got to get a really good computer through a projector on the screen where now there's a lot of launch monitors which are much lower priced launch monitors i don't want to kind of give any names around where you can actually connect it to your phone and then you could buy a tv and maybe stream it to your tv that sits uh-huh. That sits almost in front of you as you hit. So you're not looking at the screen; you're looking at the TV screen. So, to speak. so you actually hit a shot into the net, but then you would have to turn to see the TV of where it's going to. Right. As a price point of view, that's a much more efficient, um, low budget price point of view. So yeah, you don't get the simulator where you get the projector and you hit a shot, um, but that definitely starts to rank up the price um, when you start to get into that world. Yeah, I think kind of echoing what you said then when I first read the email, I thought. First of all, like you just exactly said, what a, a great sport to be in. And I think obviously there's, there's deeper kind of levels to anxiety and to depression and little simple things are always a quick fix. But I do think that there's something about golf that can help ease those potentially. I think the kind of mindfulness mindfulness state of being on a golf course and, and to some degree you're thinking about hitting a ball into a hole and you've got lovely nature around you. I think it's a good place to be, I imagine, for, for this, for this um, person in question. Um, and also, you know, in terms of the symptoms of, of, of not liking people watching, I don't know if, sounds silly, if practice is the answer to that. No. Because like you said, I've heard stories that Tiger on the first tee is essing himself, and that's Tiger Woods in his, in his pomp. Um, I think it's probably, it's great if his dad's going to build this stuff, because what a, what a great dad and what a great facility to have at home to improve your golf. If he loves golf, that must be everyone's dream to have a simulator and a putting green at home. So that's really nice for him to do, and I think he should should definitely do it if he, if he can, which it looks like he can. But I think on that, it's, it's probably more about trying to understand that when people look, there's a difference between looking and watching, isn't there? So when you're on the golf course and you're letting a group through or... You're, you're at a hole that's adjacent to another hole and you're letting somebody hit first. Naturally, you do look, because it's almost, you can't not in a, in a way. 
but you're not really watching. You're not really bothered, are you? No. no nobody else is or, or is bothered. And if if they are bothered about your good or bad shot, or certainly your bad shot, it says more about them. And the analogy I use, that I think probably people can relate to even more so, is that if you were in a, in a gym and you're in all right shape or whatever, or not even in all right shape, whatever, and somebody walks in who's very large, the big muscle men don't care and not look at them. And they're more bothered looking at themselves in the mirror, they're big muscles. And if they did look at the person who was large and give them any grief, that just makes them be an absolute goon, doesn't it? So I've never, I've definitely never seen anybody. If you're in a group of lads, maybe on a bit of a stag do or a society, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna get maybe a bit of rinsing on your first t-shirt. Correct. But no one's gonna give any abuse to a kid who it's a, a bad t-shirt, for example, on the first hole. If anything, it's words of encouragement. Oh, never mind, pal. Get up there, hit your second shot better or whatever. Like people support generally support people in golf and that's it and unless it is you live in or unless on the first tee you announce to the clubhouse that you're the best golf to ever played this game which nobody would do but if you did then you're kind of within your rights think oh god i need to take this well now so if i don't I'm gonna look an idiot but as a rule although everybody feels pressure and me included if i was on the first team as people watching you just do for some bizarre reason but you have to remember that nobody's bothered. No. So, although it's easier said than done, I'd probably focus on that more, trying to get that into your head that actually nobody really cares. No. And if you get better at golf as well, off the side effects of having that, all that stuff at home, then that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, nice email. Yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad I gave it my attention, because no, what yeah. I was going to show you... Go on. <laughs> I've got a new favourite city in the world. City? Okay. Liverpool. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's just the best, isn't it? So where did you... you that, I've got to elaborate. I know what you so, did, but so elaborate. This, so this goes on to Saturday night and why I sound a little bit hoarse and why uh, my, my eyes might be a little bit red today. Um, the greatest night of my life again. <laughs> Just the greatest night of my life. So because of this very podcast, okay, I'll explain why in a minute. On Saturday night in Liverpool, for the second time in the last six months, I went to Bongo's Bingo. Nice absolutely incredible <laughs> it's just the best i love I, li- I quite literally love every single thing about it, it you lose your in, in ambitions a thousand people there just having the best time of the life um you stood on the benches you, you sometimes occasionally play a bit of bingo which isn't the main thing but because of this podcast last time and speaking about bongo's bingo johnny bongo yeah the guy behind bongo bingo got wind of me talking about it on the podcast, sent me a little DM and said, if you ever want to come down again, we'd love to have you. So I absolutely took you up on the offer. So it was a friend of ours, um, 40th birthday. So we went down as a group of us um, and a couple of people I've not met before or, or only met recently, but really, really, really fun people. Um, me and my wife and there's eight of us in total. Johnny Bongo said, come down, reserved us a table. Was he there? He didn't actually do the bingo calling because he's got a bit of a sore throat. Right. But he was actually there. I met him. Um, we got a reserve table right at the front. Like, you cannot be anymore at the front. Um, so we didn't have to go early, thankfully, and all that. It was great. Had a few had a few beers and sauces on the way. Um, went to the docks for some food, then went there. And about 20 minutes, we sat down, and jo- Johnny Bongo messaged me saying, hey, Rick, do you want to come backstage? Like, do you want to come to this place called The Bungalow where they all hang out? I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so went back to The Bungalow, and uh, so I'm, I'm there meeting Johnny, and he was a, he was a really nice guy. And uh, what I didn't know, the guy who actually did the bongo calling, Jimmy, the massive fan. Wow. And he was literally, like, shaking. Like, And he's about to stand up on stage in front of a 1,000 people and just give it big licks. And he's there, like, desperate to meet me he'd brought a nike square driver to show me nice <laughs> um he, he was he said because I, I looked and went oh you're gonna pull me up on stage aren't you he went yeah i think so and i was like no don't like i can't be up on stage i think i'd be embarrassed about that but <laughs> 10 minutes in i would have definitely been on stage um but yeah absolutely epic so big shout out to uh johnny and jimmy and the rest of the crew because it was absolutely epic and liverpool is just it is such a cool city to go out in. My only qualm with that story is, and this is a quote to Johnny Bongo himself, I was at his pub quizzes at the shipping forecast in 2014. I told him you weren't a fan. I said you didn't like it. When he just started. I said, guy wouldn't like it. I was at the first Bongo's Bingo's in like 2014, 15. I've not even been since 2016. So that's how long ago I was going. And Naz didn't get invited. He said, 
I, he said, "Would well, guy want to come?" I said, "No, nah, it's not his. It's not his scene." I preferred it in the olden days. I said the quizzes that was, it was a bit more under the radar. It was a bit more kind of student. It wasn't as well known. Now it's too commercial. How, you know what? I wouldn't have gone if it had been invited. Well, good. good. <laughs> but yeah, it was honestly. And why do you like Liverpool so much? I just think it's a it's a really vibrant, cool, busy. I mean, the sun was out. Docks we, is classic. Where well, we stayed right near Matthew Street, like literally above Matthew oh, Street. Right, nice. Um but like the city, like the shopping and everything. We walked down to the docks, we had some great food. Uh, we walked round up to the um that place that you said where Bongo Bingo is. Yeah. Um after that we got a taxi back into town. We actually ended up going to Burger King weirdly, but like it was packed. There was a nightclub. We didn't go, thankfully. It was open till seven AM. Yeah. 7am a few grim ones there's one called Funky Box that was you didn't want to end up in Funky Box it was he's, I'm he's too old now he used to have a jingle and it was on the radio and it was I think it was Funky Box 7am one pound shots <laughs> Funky Box 7am one pound shots I mean you'd loved Funky Box but yeah it was really cool the next day we got up and the sun was shining and it's like you can go from 7 o'clock Funky Box one pound shots yeah to wake to 8am, Albert Docks, birds are tweeting, sun shining, nice little coffee shops. Yeah, it is good. Yeah, I'm a big fan. You're basically from it. Cool. That's all right. That's it. So stay tuned. Lots more to come. Um, Next week's podcast might be a day late. We'll see how we can work it because I'm going to be in the USA. I don't know if I mentioned before, I'm going to the Masters. So I'll be there in the Masters, at the Masters with my golf club, seeing what happens. Just in case just in case anybody pulls out the tournament. Not going to happen. I'm there. But I'm ready. If any tour pros think, you know what? I've always fancied a caddy for the par three tournament. I'm your man. Yep. I'm your man. Imagine that. Bladder turning up. Funky <laughs> <laughs> <Bunky> box, one pound shots. And on that note, we're out. Stay tuned. Lots more to come. Uh, exciting few weeks. Very exciting few weeks. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you're following along. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we shall see you next week. We'll end it now. Bye. So, yeah, bye. bye. <laughs>